Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Dr. Aves Badat and I'm a psychiatrist and teaching fellow based in Gloucester. Today I'll be talking to Dr. Louise Howard, a psychiatrist based at the Institute of Psychiatry, King's College London, to discuss a very real clinical question, how to help patients with significant psychiatric illnesses find meaningful work. The New Horizons Plan, a grand plan for mental health in the UK by the Department of Health, places a great emphasis on occupation and social inclusion, and patients themselves often find a great personal value and gain self-esteem from contributing to society by working. Dr. Howard and colleagues, in their paper, Supported Employment Randomised Controlled Trial, published in the May 2010 issue of the British Journal of Psychiatry, conducted a trial of of a specific employment assistance programme which originated in the USA and compared it to methods which are routinely in place in the UK. Their study helps shed light on some of the challenges that professionals and patients face in working with supported employment programmes. Thank you very much, Dr Howard, for finding the time to talk to us. You're welcome. First of all, could you tell us about the significance of finding a job for someone with mental illness? Um, What do we know from history and research about the relationship between work and recovery? Okay, well, we know that unemployment is clearly linked to mental health problems and that people in work have a better quality of life, better mental health, bigger social networks and are more likely to feel included in society. What's striking is that for people with severe mental illness, the rates of unemployment can be very high, more than 90%, which means that people with severe mental illness really need help with getting into employment if they are going to feel more part of of society. Okay, and can you tell us a bit about the study which you specifically conducted to look into this and uh, explain to us what the trial is and how you conducted it and Uh, how you got the results that you found? What we wanted to look at is whether a new form of employment assistance program was effective in this country. For people with severe mental illness to be included in society, it's important for them to work in normal jobs, which are part of the open labour market. We call this competitive employment. And in the the, um, United States of America, a new employment program, which was very specifically looking at ways of getting people with severe mental illness into competitive employment was developed. And this new employment program was known as IPS, Individual Placement and Support. It's a particular form of supported employment which focuses on helping people quickly find jobs on the open labour market and train and support them in those jobs. This is a very different model to that used in previous employment programmes for people with severe mental illness because what used to happen was that they were put in sheltered workshops and the idea was that they would be trained in these workshops and would then move on to jobs in the open market and this is now being called place and train but actually people ended up spending years in these sheltered workshops and weren't moving on to open competitive jobs. So this new employment program focuses on helping people quickly find jobs on the open labour market and train and support them in those jobs. What used to happen was that people were trained in sheltered workshops and the idea was that then they would be in a position to apply for jobs in the open market. So we call that old model train and place. This new model was about placing people and then training them and hopefully meaning that people wouldn't spend years in sheltered workshops away from open society. They would actually be part of mainstream 
jobs and uh, mainstream society. So the aim of our study was to look at whether this particular form of employment assistance was as helpful in the UK as it had clearly been helpful in the States. And there have been several studies in North America and one European study showing that people with this type of employment assistance program could actually have rates of employment from around 30% to about 80% of people getting jobs in the open labor market rather than the normal rates of employment in people with severe mental illness, which were around 10 to 20%. So we carried out what's known as a randomized controlled trial. And that means that this is a study in which there is a 50-50 chance of getting a particular treatment. We randomly allocate people to either receive the new intervention, in this case, this individual placement and support, IPS, and then we also have a 50-50 chance of people being placed in the um, comparison arm. And in this case, in this study, this was traditional vocational rehabilitation programs that were available as usual in the community, in two boroughs in London. The reason we want to randomly allocate people is that it means that we can try to eliminate selection bias. And what we mean by that is that we want to look at whether the intervention itself is what's causing better outcome rather than people with certain characteristics choosing to go for the experimental um, treatment and it's those characteristics that are actually leading to a better outcome. What was disappointing about our trial was that we didn't actually achieve the impressive rates of employment that had been found in the studies of IPS elsewhere. Although people receiving the new program did have higher rates of employment compared with people in the comparison group, the rates in both groups were very low. For those people that had received IPS, there was 13% of them actually managed to get jobs. And for people in the treatment as usual group, 7% managed to get jobs. So actually, there wasn't a, a significant difference between the groups, and rates in both groups were disappointingly low. I see. Thanks for explaining that model. That certainly helps to explain how uh, these kind of studies are conducted uh, as we work as clinicians. And uh, although you did find what we would call in the trade a negative result, I'm sure you did find some useful conclusions and explanations. And how would you perhaps explain the results of your study? And what significance does this have for people with mental illness who may be seeking work in the UK? Well, we think there are a number of reasons for why we didn't achieve such high rates of employment in this particular study. First of all, we wanted to do a study in the real world, and we wanted to see if IPS worked in particularly challenging environments. And maybe we actually made things too challenging for IPS because we worked in particularly deprived areas of inner city London with relatively high unemployment rates. So it was difficult for people to get jobs anyway. And of course, it's, it is going to be more difficult for people with severe mental illness who haven't worked for a while, partly because of discriminatory attitudes towards um, people with severe mental illness from employers. We also know that our labor market is very different to that of North America anyway. We have a more generous benefit system. And there's been one large European study which shows that in countries where there are better welfare benefit system, that actually makes it more difficult for people to get into work because there is a financial disincentive for them to do that. People aren't necessarily financially better off 
when they get into work. So it may be that our welfare system is not helping people with severe mental illness because they're actually financially at a disadvantage sometimes if they get work. The other thing was is that we know that severe mental illness can impair motivation and also the way people um, well, many people's brains work, actually, in terms of their cognitive processing. And we didn't actually have any particular rules about people having to be particularly motivated in order to enter our employment program. And in some of the studies in the States, there was quite a high threshold for people actually entering into the study. They had to attend a number of meetings and show that they were very motivated we wanted to make this a, what we call a pragmatic study. It's a study in the real world where we wanted to see if this IPS model would work for patients in general. But it did mean, of course, that we probably included people that weren't that motivated to find work. And that's reflected in our findings that show that not all patients actually attended meetings with their employment consultants. So we think that maybe if we'd have been stricter about who actually entered the program, maybe we would have had better results. And that has implications for how we should divert resources to programs like this. Should we be spending lots of money on everyone or actually be spending money focusing these type of programs on people who are very focused and motivated? And, of course, potentially we can actually help people's lack of drive and lack of motivation, which are very much part of severe mental illness, through psychological therapies such as motivational techniques. So the, the implications of our study are that maybe in this particular environment, there are modifications that we need to make to allow IPS to be more effective in this country. One other thing that I should have mentioned is that we did what's known in the trade as a process evaluation. So we also looked at other types of data to find out just why the study's findings were the way they were. And we interviewed mental health professionals to find out what they thought about the IPS program. And what we found was that some of the professionals didn't really believe that work was good for their patients. And they felt that it might be very stressful and actually lead to worse mental health outcomes. So they tended not to refer those patients. And sometimes there was conflict within the, the, the uh, community mental health teams, some people feeling that actually work would be good for a particular individual and other people being very concerned that it might be too stressful for them. And so that would have inevitably impacted on what the patients thought as well in terms of them starting to focus their ideas on getting back into the competitive employment market. And I think that in the future, we need to be thinking about attitudes amongst our, ourselves as professionals in terms of having higher expectations for our patients and not being too nihilistic about the future for them. So what you're kind of saying is that although the model may technically be the same as uh, the American one, there are political differences, economic ones, social ones, and differences in beliefs and attitudes, and perhaps even differences in the very nature of the illnesses or the severity of illnesses experienced by the patients in, in trials in different areas. And certainly all of the, those things together could have conspired to give you a result which was not as compelling as the ones uh, done abroad or, or the wider ones done in Europe. I guess that leads us to questions about the future. What kind of things would you like to see changed in future in the UK, perhaps, to further help people find meaningful work? 
I think, as I said, professionals do need to change their attitudes. And I think this is changing since we did the study. I think people have started to think much more about work as a realistic potential for their patients. I think in your introduction, you talked about this being a particularly meaningful clinical outcome. And I think 10 years ago, actually, clinicians might not have thought it was a meaningful clinical outcome. And that over the last 10 years, attitudes towards recovery have incorporated aspects of people's lives, not only their symptoms. So I think that professionals' attitudes are changing, but we need to make sure that, that all of the professionals in teams are on board with this and don't have too low an expectation for their patients because that will feed in to what the patients believe themselves is possible for the future. The other aspect of the study that I maybe didn't explain earlier was also about different environments compared with North America and here. One of the um, government commissioning guidelines is that IPS could be provided by mental health services or by other sectors. In North America, when IPS has been most effective, it's been very integrated within mental health services so that the employment consultants are actually employed by the mental health services. And our study did not actually involve that level of integration. We did try as hard as we could to mimic the type of model that the Americans had developed, but the agency that was providing the employment consultants for our patients was separate to the NHS mental health services. And it may be that things will only be more effective if the employment consultants are actually employed by the mental health services and really are seen as integral part of community mental health teams. And the other thing that I think would be helpful for the future is for services to help patients develop the relevant skills for the jobs that they want. As I said, if people actually used motivational interviewing as part of their package of treatment for patients, that might help in terms of their um, ideas for the future themselves. And there might be other relevant further skills that people need, and that can be about going into further education. Um, sometimes these illnesses such as schizophrenia can start quite young, and it may be that people have missed out on further education that actually they would have been able to do if they hadn't been very ill at the time. And finally, I think it is also about employers' attitudes changing, and we know that society as a whole does tend to have rather discriminatory attitudes towards our patients. There is still a lot of stigma around mental illness, and we've all been trying to address that, but clearly it's most important that employers actually also change their attitudes. Thank you very much, Dr. Howard. I think your paper is one of many that are now addressing the attitudes and the the stigmatization uh, that mental uh, illness faces. And uh, thank you very much for explaining it to us, and thank you for finding the time to talk to us.